Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogolub. I have the privilege and honor of talking with Ray Christ, all the way from Greece. I still love this stuff. It just amazes me. Ray is a renowned visionary who offers his teachings from a deep understanding of the spiritual. That's what this philosophy is all about. He has been an, uh, an apprentice of the Kiro, did I say Kiro right? Kiro Nation's elders and has shared this with thousands of spiritual seekers. He teaches shamanism, yoga, Chinese medicine, and martial arts. He's also the owner of uh, and creator of the Jaguar Path. I don't know if we're going to get to everything today, but I, I was really looking forward to interviewing you. Thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Philip, thank you for having me on the show. The honor is mine. Thank you. What was that serendipity? What was that accident and coincidence in your life? There's always something that goes, I know there's probably a lot, but you kept doing maybe something else. And then this kept pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. I said, okay, I got to give. I'm going with the universal's mind and spirits and angels. These guys are guiding me. I'm going to go down this because you just didn't wake up in the morning and create all this stuff. What was that guidance that kept you in this path? Huh. I'd say uh, I was stubborn. So although I would hear the, the signs, I never really paid attention. I come from, an, my previous life is, comes from the world of photography, of advertisement and fashion. So I was really in the oh, thick wow. of that kind of world, that world of magazines, Vogue covers, uh, thriving, I should say, in a career in uh, photography in, in Athens, Greece. Um, but I knew that, and I had this longing deep down that I wasn't really fulfilling my soul, my purpose, what I really had come for. I was already in that industry for a good 20 years from being an assistant to studios to climbing up all the way to making a big name. I loved it as an art, but then of course there's a huge, you know, cooperate behind it that there's deadlines and go, go, go and big budgets and big responsibility and 90 hour a week constantly <laughs> year round. So that brought me to a breaking point. I, I got a, a cosmic calling from the cosmic two by four. I got a, a diagnosis in 2003 for stage four cancer. Oh man. And that was exactly that. That was, oh man. It was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa all breaks on, all breaks on. And uh, there, there was a really clear calling. There was no other choice. Uh, the doctor said, we, I'm look, you're looking at 90 days. You, this is characteristically, so this is a mess and this is really too late. We're finding this. So that got me packing. That got me churning. Of course, you know, when you have that, like many times they would call near death experiences. When you, when you're looking at this, it is amazing how the brain itself, you know, you're talking about breakdowns breaks down and, and you have this whole huge shift of understanding of priorities and understanding of what is important and what is not important in life. Mm. Everything, everything shifts and changes. You know, what, am I, what am I thinking about da daily? What am I worrying about? And I found, I think one finds that many times if you're in that mode of every day working and you're in a routine and there is a lot of this huge automatic part that happens in the brain. And a lot of us just get caught in these loops of thoughts. Mostly, I think, as a, at least I did, it was about emotions, how I was with my, you know, going through a divorce, 
things that bothered me and were constantly in my mind and held me, held my energy, along with the work. So I never had time for myself. I realized as all this fell apart, realizing that now all I had is 90 days, what would I do with them? Mm. I realized I had to get really real. You know, so I basically, I'll fast forward a few years if we're going to get to any part of the questions. And I do want to <laughs> talk about conscious communication. Uh, I actually have taken some notes today for you, Philip, because I, I want to get into that. Communication is so important. I'll just fast forward and say I packed a backpack and I left and I traveled through Mexico and I found my way, my way all the way to Peru. On my way over, two years later, having surpassed the 90 days by a year and a half. <laughs> I did do a surgery at the National Institute of Health in D.C. So I was have blessings to the surgeons and to modern medicine for creating that. And I think, and I know that if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be alive today. But I also know that if I would turn around and go back to the life that had led me to cancer, the only thing that I would find is once again further down the road, the cancer returning. Mm. But... I had already made my connections with, uh, with some shamans. I found my way all the way down to Peru. And that's where the story begins. Essentially, in 2006, on my knees, in front of the elder Don Francisco, who is an amazing person, saying, Don Francisco, I have cancer. I just did one surgery, but I'm supposed to do many more. And I want to live. I have a three-year-old son back home in Greece, and I want to live. And he... He turned around, he, he looked down as I was in my knees. He said, stand up. <laughs> and he said, I can't heal you, he said, but I can train you how to become a shaman and you can heal yourself. Ooh. And it was the first time, you know, talking about clear communication, that was very clear on his part. He communicated so many things through that. The most important thing I realized is that he got me to stand up off my knees <laughs> and, and, and put that power back to me. Because a lot of we do in the West, and, and I don't would need to focus on that, but a lot of what we do in the West is we give up our power to others, mm -hmm. doctors, to therapists, to uh, the, the, the specialist at something. Fill in the blank. Yep. Fill in the blank. Yeah, fill in the blank. And especially when it comes to health, it's important, you know, this, the, the biggest part of the notes I was taking about, about conscious communication is how conscious is each one of us. You know, if you have two people communicating, it takes consciousness and presence from each to be fully present. So to end at least that part of my story, that brought me into my consciousness and it brought me into saying, okay, I have a big role to play in this. I, I have to now, like, I have to learn what he's going to teach me and I have to save myself. And here we are now with Don Francisco, we're, I don't know, he's like a brother to me, he's like a father to me, he's a mentor to me, he's uh he's a unique he's a saint to me he's a, a unique human being that we still now we've raised our, our sons and the kids together we we're in each other's lives till today 17 years a lot we're family and um at some point really quite soon in my apprenticeship of the healing uh, the beautiful thing is that i would return every three months to the nih and do cat scans and mris to see well I, because i was a part of a study in the nationalist Okay. My case, right? So we just saw this huge, uh, everything beginning to get smaller. The other tumors that were around were getting smaller. Things were looking better. The doctor said, whatever you're doing, keep on doing. And I'm like, 
I, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't tell you what I'm no, doing. No, no, don't tell them. I don't have to, we don't have to get into that conversation. Right. Because I, I bow to this guy that was a surgeon and uh, took out my right kidney with a laparoscopy with only like six stitches. He, like, yeah. yeah. Out of the hospital in three and a half days. Yeah. It's just, I, the, the guy's a shaman on his own, right? And, and again, Western medicine, I tell people, is huge role in bettering our chance of survival in many cases. What we don't have in the West, and I'll close that in parentheses, is that we don't have is a preventative to know what we're eating. You know, what are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we, how are we living in order to be strong, in order not to get sick? So there that. That's how I got there, Philip. Uh, oh. And I'll leave that an apprentice of several shamans. They're all very close to and dear to me, of course, because it changed my life, changed the way I'm thinking. So I changed the chemistry in my entire body. So I healed. And very close to very, within two years of apprenticing with me, he said, Now you have to teach. Yes. And then, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> and he laughed too. I can't teach this. This is indigenous. He said, this is human and is for all humans. There you go. And I said, well, how am I going to teach it? And he said, teach it in English. Again, talking about communication. So he, he it wasn't only translating from Quechua, the Quechua people's language, and Spanish, which is what Francisco speaks. Quechua in Spanish, um, not only translating it in just in the plain English, but making it make sense to us in the Western world and in the modern time. And that's what the Jaguar Path is all about. Okay. It, it, you know, your story is amazing because people, well, first I, I made a little note, you know, about the nonsense. There's a lot of noise in life. Many years ago when I was working at my old job in the medical field, because I've, I've, I've seen the advances. I started as an engineer in 1985 where it took three or four months to install a computerized tomography, CAT scanner, and now it takes about three days. So it's still the same technology, but it just, it, 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 it sees so much more because of modernization. You're right. There is a limit to modern medicine and modern diagnosis, but then you go back to the noise. So you got all that stuff taken care of, but if you started down that road again, you said that earlier, you would have gotten the cancer again. Because if you really want to know what your What's going on in your mind? Look at your body. Are you sleeping? Are you overweight? Are you stiff? Stiffness and what, what does Latsu say in, in, in the Tao Te Ching, you know, um, with water and stiffness. Stiffness is, 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 is a sign of not moving or I can't remember the exact words, but you need to be flexible. You know, so, stiffness yeah. is part of death. And what we do is because my wife and I, we do acupuncture, we do Pilates, we do swimming, but we're, I used to do, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're lifting weights and you're all, you know, all tensed up. No, no, no. You don't want to be that way. You want to be very versatile. You want to, you want to kind of move around. I was, I was on your website, the Jaguar path, and I saw your wife doing, you know, the movements and everything because you need, and it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be a dancer. You don't need to be coordinated. It's like when somebody says, you know, well, Philip, you're talking about meditating and praying. I said, well, you know what? I've talked to some, some very intense yoga teachers out here and in, in the United States. And they said, please tell people you don't need to go into those crazy positions just because you can't, doesn't mean you can't meditate. If you can, you can, if you can't, you can't. And people have it in their minds that like it's, you know, like Kung Fu, the TV show in the seventies or something. This is not, this is real life, but I, I find it so intriguing and so amazing what you're saying. There are so many things that I have 
cured. I didn't have cancer, but I had different things going on physically that I said, this is just a folder, something that says that I am doing this because that's what I was told. And that's the way it has to be. And the only way you can relax is to have a drink maybe or have a this. And I'm not saying you can't have a drink, but whatever it is, or have a piece of chocolate or something like that. But it's so important to understand. Listen to, we need silence. We need silence. I just taught a class, silence, meditation, and sleep. I want to know your view on silence. My favorite, right before we hit record, I forgot to put my uh, phone on uh, airplane mode. That's my favorite mode uh, because nobody bothers me. And when we're sleeping, nobody bothers you. So how important to even start the conversation right now in what you teach is silence. Mm-hmm. I'll start by saying it's everything, mm. <laughs> which I feel you already know. <laughs> and it's that I'll say three things, or three things. I can say 103 things. It's really, it's so, so important. And so it's almost a little bit difficult to, to transmit to someone that is not living in silence. I'll say this. Our first view or the shaman's view is that we call those two attentions that the, the brain, the brain itself the, uh, can goes into two, we call it two attentions. First attention is our everyday life and the everyday things that we do and, or worry about or we're executing or in our work or communicating with other people. Uh, second attention is when we go into silence. And in the yogic world, we'll see it even in the, the fourth stance of uh, the yoga sutras is that uh, the first stance is now begins the practice of yoga. We take control of the breath. Taking control of the breath brings silence in the mind. And the fourth stance is, and then the shaman, the seer, finds his place. Like, mm. you find your place. It's like when you begin to. So, the key to silence is, first of all, to understand, I think, and in really teaching literally thousands of people, is that what I found is the English translation. How do I turn on the shaman's brain? My brain, you know, my brain, my deepest brain, who I am, right? is to understand that we have two voices inside our head. Mm. And the one voice we call the narrator. Narrator lives in first attention. The narrator goes on and says, well, today I had stuffed tomatoes in the Greek restaurant, and I drove my car, and I saw the sunset. I talked to Phil. And it kind of like reiterates, so I'm going over and over again, what happened. It's kind of like a cassette player that pays back. And to a certain degree, it plays a very important role of recapitulating, catching some essences, and filing away, if you, if you want, things that happen in the day and putting things in order. But that's to a certain degree. <laughs> Our minds, we live, especially now, we live in a place where we're so overstimulated with the millions of megabytes of our, our iPhones, our, our screens, the, uh, faster cars, faster lights, everything, everything is faster, everything... So we have this trillions of megabytes of information that the brain and the narrator is going over and as in a rehearsal talking. And, and, then I got, and then I got angry because someone cut me off when I was driving. And then I was doing <laughs> that. And then I should have said that. And I would have said that, but I couldn't have said that. Da, da, da. And, what, and then what happens is the next day, all these things that are scattered, the funny thing is, like almost like a, a flaw in the design here. I'll talk to the mechanic, to the engineer. <laughs> what you couldn't put in place because it really doesn't have a place to put it in it's kind of like gibberish it's like and mary said this and i should have said that it's gibberish right it doesn't find a place then the next day it's still there because you didn't put it in the file and it's not useful information and you kind of go over and over and over it 
and then she should have said that, and so and so did that. And there's a lot of in this. First of all, so we don't realize. Let me stay in this that we have to realize and invite everyone that's listening to us today to to think. Wait a moment. When I'm thinking and this all this is going on, that's my narrator, and I can take a deep breath and pause my narrator and say, "Whoa, well, I am here now. The only thing that is happening, the only thing that is true, is that I am here now. I am here with Philip." And we're talking, and we're on this podcast. Because what happens is, and this is where communication starts from, conscious communication starts from, is it's necessary for me to be conscious. But most of the time, most of us are unconscious, unconsciously running streams of thoughts that are gibberish and unrelated to the present moment, where reality is taking place. The only place reality is taking place. So a lot of our, our time in life, you know, it's like it would tell in my yoga classes, it's like if you're thinking about the office now that you're in the yoga class, when you're in the office, you're probably going to be thinking about yoga. <laughs> yes. And you were in neither place. You, no. You were fully present at the office. You weren't fully present at the yoga. You were like, and, and it's, it's interesting because, you, you know, we also, I'll say this and give you some space for a question or to please. No, on. continue on, please. I love it. Yeah. I'm not here to. I'm not here to hear me. They're here to hear you. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear you. That's been bringing it in. But let me say this: we call all of this. We call it the yoga practice, meditation practice, tai chi practice. It's all practice, and it's exactly you said. You don't need to be have to get into a pretzel pose to do yoga. That's beyond that point. And and many people I see go beyond the necessary poses or or what's really necessary to to sit. It's important for us to realize that what we practice, all of yoga, all of Tai Chi, all of meditation, all of enlightenment schools and awakening consciousness schools, all focus on quietening the narrator. So I'm there and for the, so many years, and I had wonderful teachers that I sat with, and an amazing monkey mind that would not stop for a moment. And so many years I was trying to, I was there and I said, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking, I'm going to have burgers later tonight. I'm not thinking. I, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> did that and did that, and you know. And then for five minutes, I'm away and thinking of all this stuff for the office, right? Or, right. And then come back. And for me now, teaching meditation is is important to just say who is thinking now, because I know it from my experience or the level of meditation I've found is like it's a matter of awakening every time, reminding myself every time I catch myself thinking about something else. It's like, nope, we're back here. And what I do is I inhale myself back to the present moment. I say, I'm here now. I'm here now. Uh, a good mantra for me that has worked is I am here now. Interesting. And again, just for the, for the four sentences that I wrote down, targeting and, and focusing rather on conscious communication, my notes say we're overstimulated. So yep. when someone's talking to someone, we usually are thinking about a hundred other things. And trying and to, not, you're thinking about what the answer is. You're not listening. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, you're not even thinking. I mean, you're thinking about what the answer is at the base case scenario, best case scenario. A lot of times there was this one word that was heard in the third sentence of what that person said to you, which you haven't really heard. But right. it was one word that triggered you, that reminded you, and your narrator told them to say, because I didn't <laughs> tell Mary in 1999, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's Absolutely. True. It is true. So overstimulated, scattered mind, 
And what we need to do to learn how to do, and this is again all these practices, call it shamanic practices, meditation, praying, yoga, tai chi, is to recruit your attention into the present moment. And it, it is a very hard thing to do. And a very easy thing to do. And then it keeps on switching from being very yes. hard to yes. in your experience too. And just for the communicating, at least, it's really important to learn how to respond in and from the present moment. Mm. Most people respond from a, from a place of the past, respond from a trigger and from something that they've been accustomed to or stuck in. Like it's a, it's a, a reacting rather than acting, right? Yes. I, 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 I love all this stuff. And what you said is so true because, you know, we don't really listen. We never listen. We're thinking about yesterday. And then I always say, don't stop shooting on yourself. Don't worry about what you should have done. It's gone. It's done. And we don't know what's going to happen an hour from now. You know, you could be diagnosed with a disease. You get, you know, the old saying, you get hit by a bus. But we're so, we're thinking about what, and there's so many things because it's controlled by emotions and feelings, which can get us into all sorts of trouble. But listening, one of the things I found with listening is, is if you're into understanding the noise, which means you need quiet and silence time, you'll understand and connect to the universal mind. You can call it God, you can call it whatever you want, you can call it a Krishna, it doesn't matter. Those that say the name, it's not the name. The name is not, you, you can't name it. There is no right name. But when you get in touch with that, you get in touch with then the universal mind, then you get a spirit guide that comes down, tells the three angels of coincidence, serendipity, and accident to come down to you and start giving you stuff. You know, you had your, you had your awakening. I've had my awakening. Nobody's worse or better than the other person. But the whole thing is, are you listening to the noise or are you listening to the serendipity, coincidence, and accidents, which then open up the discovery, awakening, transformation that gives you your Rajanoi, your soul knowledge, knowledge of your soul, where, whatever you want to call, like you said, it doesn't matter what name you call it, but if you're not in tune with something and you think you're just going on automatic, as you're saying, you're just going on automatic, you know what, I'm tying my shoes, I'm well, I don't have any hair, but brushing your hair, wash your hair, shave your face, put your clothes on. If you want to live your life like that, then you're not going to get any joy and abundance out of it. Because I've also noticed as, as we both have gotten older, when something really happens to you and you don't sit down and, and then look at it going, wait a minute, if it happened to me when I was 25, I just get up and do it all over again. If I did it when I was 35, I might get up. But back to what I was doing, I was 45. But you, you know, people going, oh, I need to understand. You need life experience. I used to have, I have this discussion with one of my best friends, and he said, his name is Jeff. He, I said, why couldn't I have, this musical, all this stuff came out of me when I was 25. I go, well, I asked one question. Did you have any life experience? I go, no. Conversation's older, and he hung up the phone. You know, you need life to happen. I, I want to ask you a question. I've been battling with a word that I, I do not like. There's many words I do not like, because stress is one of them. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer said about stress, uh, some, what was it exactly? He said, you don't have a stressful job, you have stressful thoughts. The job doesn't make you stressful. You're the one. It doesn't say, you're going to be a photographer, you're going to do this, and the third item, it's stress. It's just a word. So I don't like the word mistakes. It's got a bad connotation because, yeah. and I'd, I'd love to have a word. I don't have a clue what the word would be, but I, I would love to have a word that says learning. My mistakes, I used to sit there and just sit in a pot of negativity soup 
and I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, my heart's pounding, and I'm going, oh my God, why did I say that? Of course, the person that it happened to that I was dealing with is probably sleeping just fine. And you're worrying about nothing. Then you get up the next day, you're half exhausted and realize it didn't really mean anything. You worry about stuff that should is the unseen future. At midnight, it's over. Whatever you did, it's over. And it all comes down and, and works itself out. I know we don't believe this, but we, it works itself out. And next thing you know, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, and you're sitting and going, I, I, I still don't have any joy. I mean, how many people, you were in that situation. You, you know, I've talked to many people now with this show, and they're like, I did all this stuff, I made all this money, but I had no joy. I had no, I was empty. And they yeah. had to figure it out, and they had to stop. And then a lot of times, they had to go into some giant bad thing to their physical being. Um, yep. One person almost died from uh, a heart attack. One person, I mean, I've, I, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people, I'm learning. Now, I've gone through my own stuff. I'm not saying, please, I've gone through my own junk. But the story's not that important because the story's a little different, but it's all the same stuff. So yeah. how can you communicate to people that they don't understand that, first of all, oh, here's another one. It's not happening fast enough. It didn't happen yesterday. Or somebody, in one of my seminars I was teaching, somebody came by, I said, no, last time you were here, you said, you know, you need to uh, pray and meditate and, and, and ask God for specificity because he wants specificity. I said, well, what did you do? Because he wanted to find a, 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 a woman in his life. So, well, I, I just said, God, I need a woman. And what did you do? Well, so I watched, I went with beers from my buddies, went to a movie, I watched it. I was like, wait, what, did you do something? No, well, it's going to happen, right? I'm like, no, no. The universal mind gives it to the spirit guide. This is the way I believe in my belief system. The spirit guide gives it to the angels of serendipity, coincident act. They come down there and they go, you had an accident. You had, you had cancer. I had an accident. I had a, 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 a nervous uh, situation. I had to go to the hospital. thought I was getting a heart attack. I mean, you, everybody's goes through something, and then you need to be enlightened to that. You need to do an action. You can't just go, oh, where is this? You, you've got to do something. And that's when those things start happening. That's when those little coincidences and stuff start. Well, what can you do to tell people? Give it time. And for crying out loud, it's not a mistake if you learn from it. I love it. Well, the first thing I did when you said the word mistake, I, I wrote it down and it happened that I had a line across the, my page over here, and there was miss was on one side of the line, and take was on the other side of the line. Wow. To miss, miss to take, you know, there's always a take two, take 30, take 100 million. Uh, mistakes, you know, I think a lot of times, and what you're referring to is that a lot of times we consider mistakes as regret and all these emotions that come with all that, and the baggage, and then all the, the old closets and everything that we've had under the rug comes out, and you're up all night. And the thing with this is, I'll say, this is so interesting. I'm, I'm really happy we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is that when we think, we think that if I'm thinking all this and I'm worried and I made that mistake and I will never be forgiven and I'm never this or that or whatever the mistake was about. Right. It's like you're thinking that in some way you're resolving it, but you're not. It's not, thinking is not a resolving mechanism. And that's Ooh. what people don't understand. Thinking is a loop that never ex exits. You never exit through thinking to any result, period. Period. You just don't. And people don't know this because in the West, everyone says, well, use your head. Well, no, 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 don't. Stop. Stop using your head. Just stop using your head because that's not where it's at. So the thing is this, that the, the need, the, so for me, you know, I went, I went down there when, when I was a kid, when I was 16, 17, I started reading 
these books of Carlos Castaneda. I don't know, do you remember Carlos yeah. Castaneda? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he wrote about his, all his adventures and apprenticeship with Don Juan uh, in, in Mexico, etc. So I kind of had that in my mind, but then I became a photographer. Then I forgot all that. And that came back. And I'm like, I need to, I need to get there and I need to become a shaman to heal myself. I had all these ideas in my head that shamans are these like wild men and women of extraordinary powers that will walk through walls or some descriptions in Castaneda's book where he becomes a ball of fire and goes down the hill. I go there and I'm going to see where am I going to meet these people, right, that are going to magically heal me. And here I have uh, Don Francisco in front of me. First of all, says, well, I don't have any power. You have the power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take the power back. That was it. Stand up on your own feet. And then I realized, and then as I'm learning, I'm learning is that, you know, in the combination of all the things that I've studied, practice, and still practicing, and is that I understand that we need to understand, you know, there's an ancient Greek saying is, know thyself, and you shall know the secrets of the universe and all the gods. Yes. And I'm like sitting there, like Greek is my first language. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of this, and then in front of Francisco and we're talking. And there's a great understanding that to know the self is not to know my personality or who I am or what values I have or what's right for me politically or what's right for me on any, on any kind of subject. Right. To know the self is to understand what a human being is, what this, this over here, a body, these shoulders, the chest, the head that's sitting on the shoulders, the eyes that are looking at, what, what is this? To know thyself, what am I, not who am I? And I think mm. the West got all absorbed and self-centered and, and, and human-centered. We all think about, who am I? It's, you can figure out your identity and decide what your identity is once you understand what you are. So in that teaching, shamanism in English and in the modern way of understanding, is like the first thing the shamans know is that we're electrical and chemical being that has been conditioned and that is fueled. It's been conditioned by training. My entire life, the school systems who are, depending on where you, you grow up, where you, you know, where you got, oh, I was, I was born in Chicago, I was born in Greece, I was born in Africa, I was born in Peru. You're born in a totally different reality, and you begin to be conditioned about what reality is, the shoulds and shouldn'ts you were talking about. And you come into this whole idea of what the world is around you, and you have an opinion, and many people, especially in the Western world, have a strong opinion, and... Many people have also gotten a voice on Facebook, on Instagram. So they, they, they say the strong opinion uh, without even having first examined where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So when you come into this first place of like, now begins the practice of yoga, your practice of meditation, the practice of the, now begins the practice of introspection, what am I? So for me, I, didn't, I discovered a lot more. I discovered the tricks of this, like the the magic, or the mechanisms, rather, behind the magic. Mm. What I realized what Francisco is and why he is great is he can't walk through walls. And he said he couldn't heal me. He just taught me how to heal myself. He didn't do any magic. But it was super magic that he was able to train me. <laughs> the photography world, to the, you know, the Vogue cover of, like, two-dimensional nothingness. Right. To understand. And what I really got into and understood through all these practices and trainings is that I understood that, I, first of all, again, I'm an electrical and chemical being. 
and I am the first one to. So now the brain lives in this this whole factory, and the heart lives in this whole factory. Now the brain, as we came, we've been trained through schooling and through culture and through religion, what the world is, and only with the given data we can analyze the world, and we're analyzing it through a mind that has been conditioned by the world, fed and built. Like all our cells are built from that food that everyone in the collective consciousness eats. So we all go to the same supermarket, we're eating the same food. That information is the same information that is imprinted in our endocrine system. And this is huge. It's like people say, can I change but continue to eat as I ate? No. No. <laughs> to choose what you're building your cells with. Begin to choose what you're eating, what you're drinking, how alkaline your body is, and where you're at. Once you begin to understand the self, the, this, this mechanism of the body and the nervous system and the endocrine system, and you don't have, I'm not an endocrinologist, I'm not a doctor, I don't have any degree, but I've studied in the last close to 30 years now, I'm constantly studying and learning, and this is something that every human being should do, this is what, what Socrates was talking about. Learn by yourself through, through inspecting, learn through, by curiosity, motivate yourself to learn. So the big shift is here, Philip, is we need to understand that we need to balance our chemical and electrical being, and the chemical is through what we eat, the electrical is how we practice, that we're sitting in meditation, quietening down, and recondition a mind to create a mind that lives in a quieter uh, environment. Mm. Mm. The big shift for me happened when I was initiated and received my third initiation as an Alto Messiah from the tribe, was the visionary, is that I switched from living from the reference of what I know from the outside and what I've been taught, and I began to live from reverence from the quiet space within. Most people live, everyone lives in reference and is reacting to the reference of everything outside. And, the, and I think you've discovered this yourself. It's like to find that silence. And when you find that silence, <laughs> you find this amazing expansiveness. And I remember this story where I'm sitting there, and of course I have, you know, at 16, I'm reading about these teachers, the shamans, and now I'm like 40, 45, and I'm like in with the shaman in front of me, so I'm asking all these questions, and I feel really comfortable, and I'm asking one question after the other, and, and at some point, Francisco turns around, he puts his arm on my shoulder, he says, quiet, my little brother, <laughs> hermanito, quiet a little bit. And he, he showed me, we're sitting on this hillside in front of the sacred valley, he said, everything is here. Everything is here now. So my, my mind grasping for ideas or understanding or this or that, or everyone's mind, the chattering mind, this, yep. this overstimulated mind, is like if it doesn't quieten down, there's always going to be lack. Yes. I've met people and I've worked with people. I've met people that make $1 a year in many villages that I've traveled to, and I've met people that make $12 billion a year. I, and I, and I, I see the people that are more connected to nature, they have a quieter mind, a much more essential relationship to God and themselves, and of course, to everyone around them. 
the, the shift I, I feel is leaving from living from reference to begin to live with in reverence. You know, think of it. You know, and for everyone to hear that this is with us today, it's like think of what happens when you walk in a church, and it doesn't even matter if it's a church of your own religion. When you walk in a church, you immediately quieten down. You maybe cross your hands. You you bring yourself in this other state immediately in in respect, and hopefully also in realizing that you come into reverence. And reverence is not a belief system. Reverence is an endocrine, what I call endocrine identity, is, it, is where are your seven major glands aligned to right now? And are they secreting peace, harmony, love, a little dopamine, euphoria, quietness, joy? Right. And that we need to condition. That's why we go back to that is all called practice. We keep on needing to go back to practice or love to go back to practice because that's where we can find, and that's in the practice of where we're conditioning our nervous system and our endocrine system to live in a quieter place. And if you want, I feel like I love the Western world and I've traveled in many countries and I've spent a lot of time in Peru and, and gorgeous, beautiful villages and mountains. I could choose and I do choose where I live. I've lived a lot in the States. I just uh, came after living for three years in Costa Rica. We're here this last year in Greece. I still choose to live in the West, which means that, you know, which means that I love the Western world. I have no reason to let this go. I was born in the Western world as a white person. I, I live in it. That doesn't mean I can't bring in these practices that are ancient, that are human practices, ancient human practices, that can augment, that can sharpen me in the present moment. Because, you know, again, it's like people say, ah, oh, what is a shaman? Everyone has an opinion on what a shaman is. <laughs> Being with them for 10, close to 20 years, a shaman is a person that is in the present moment breathing with you. And a person that is in this quiet, and you call it silence, out of the noise. That's all a shaman is. So all the Dalai Lama is, that is all, a, 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 you know, an accomplished monk is, a person mm. that can find silence. And I mentioned before, that I love living in, in the modern world. I think there's a balance. I think that we can live in the modern world. I have a car that I like. I have my iPhone that works this awesome computer that we can talk to right now with each other. Uh, I love sailing. There's things in the modern world that I enjoy, material things. Right. Uh, but Patanjali in the Yoga Sutra says, both the material and the spiritual are for the soul. But we're here to have an experience but we are here to have an experience and we will only have the experience and we can live in that silent place if we can live in the present moment. If I can live in the present moment, my communication with you is in reverence, my communication with my wife, or when I pay when I'm with my son, I can be in reverence when I'm driving the car that I like. I can be in reverence when I'm on the sailing boat. It, then and then I can be in the present moment and really find joy and really find joy and also in that place with a quieter mind things tend to happen happen <laughs> things tend huh. to happen what we say in, in the shamanic world is that you know, we, we we are emitting around us this luminous field it's a magnetic field and the electric system of the body the electricity that's running 0.1 to 0.25 volts that runs through the body creates a little magnetic field around us. And because it's, this magnetic field is made of the electricity 
which is made of the chemistry, right? So I, my emotions, my hormones are creating chem with the chemistry of creating electricity. That electricity has the mood. I have, I have a angry electricity. Do I have happy electricity? Do I have, and what is my vibe? What we say, what am I putting out in my, through my luminous field? That's what I first see. And that's what I'm putting out and calling to the world. If I can lessen the chatter, it is amazing to see how wishes that we have. We say, oh, it would be nice if I do a podcast. And then, oh, Phil called. <laughs> so, I do a podcast. It's like, that is nice. You allow for things to happen when your mind is not full of chatter. You allow, where usually what happens is we get in our own way. Our brain, our collective consciousness brain, like chattering mind, doesn't allow us to live life in the present moment. We live in regrets of mistakes. Who said the mistakes? The collective consciousness, what we've been conditioned to believe. We, and in the Western world, I have to say also that we, we're grown in this black and white, in this duality. There's not a lot of room to, to get it right. And there's a lot of room to, have, to make mistakes and have regret. And what I mean by that is, most of us in the West believe in good and bad, in heaven and paradise. And you're either going to get rewarded or you're going to be seriously reprimanded. And when you go into the Eastern philosophy, go into, like, say, the Chinese uh, philosophy, the yin yang, the yin yang, that black and white circle, is there's black in the white, there's white in the black, and they're constantly moving. They're not opposite, they're complementary. Neither one of them exists by itself. Right. And they both support each other. And we don't have that mentality. We say, okay, well, you know what? I don't know. The, the, the most important things I've learned, I've learned from mistakes. Yeah. Thank God for mistakes. Thank God for mistakes. <laughs> yes, I like that. I mean, hopefully we have a quietness enough and focus enough not to make mistakes that we don't get a second chance at. And, and in life, and that's the black and white thing, is that the, the yogi, the tai chi, the, the, medita the meditation practitioner doesn't go around with the shoulds and shouldn'ts. That's like all like thrown out and moves in. There's things that I do and I learn from or things that I do and they're successful and I learn from. You know, the, the Western mind lives one day I am the victor and the other day I'm the victim. Victor and victim, we're like being between the two. And, you, and then for a shaman, we just step out of this totally. It's just like, I am who I am. You said you've had difficulties in your life. Who hasn't? Right. Great. Great. For us, for us, it's like the, the shamanic word is like, we are the wounded healers. I went through this cancer ordeal, and I am so grateful to it. As hard as it was, Philip, I am so grateful. And now I can look at a brother or a sister, I can look at another human being, and instead of jumping into judging what they're wearing or not, or what they're saying or not, I, my heart goes to that pain that I had. That just has opened my love, my heart wide for everyone. Because everyone is just talking out of the place of where they're conditioned, in a scattered mind, and definitely in a heart that is just yearning to be connected and yearning to find that silence, but can't. So they don't know how. It's not readily available in our world. Well, you need, you know, well said with everything. I love the stories. I love your, uh, how you're saying things and the conditioning and the different stuff. because. It's so true, you know, we, we live in a world 
that does not teach any of this. We The last place we go to is the mind. You had cancer. Let's do some... I'm not knocking modern medicine, but it's like, if that's all you're depending on, you've got to believe it's going to work. The whole world is, is, is a placebo. I mean, you if you think it's good, if I believe that acupuncture is going to work for me, it's going to work for me. If I don't believe it, it's not going to work for me. I go to chiropractors. I go... I do my alt, alt, alternative medicine. That's my choice. Now, does, there, does that mean that you don't need regular medicine? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I've read many, many things. You've experienced them in person. You've experienced yourself. The cancer went away because you're, 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 you're putting toxins. It's like putting bad gas in your car or for those modern people, bad electricity into your car. If it's not working, it's going to break down. And the yeah. more you live in fear and, 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 and you, you talk about it and you think about it and you complain about it and, and it's just over and over again and just, and it's like, you know, uh, Ray, how you doing? Well, Philip, I, I don't like, and you think to yourself after five minutes, I shouldn't have answered that, asked that question. And when is it going to be done? <laughs> but people are looking for justification. I don't want justification. I want somebody to tell me, uh, do a three stooges on me. I'm a stupid head. Poke me in the eye and tell me I did it wrong. I want to know. It's, it's with the musical that I mentioned earlier. I'm understanding the fact that I don't know how to write. And I had to hire somebody how to write. And I'm working with somebody in Hollywood that knows how to get the package together. Can I, what can I contribute? You're the creative person. Take, do this, this, and this. So I pray and meditate during the meetings. I pray and meditate after the meetings. And I go, God, I, I just simply go, I just need some help. I'm screwing it up. Now, I'm not sitting down like that person look, looking for the, the, the woman in his life and does nothing. I'm doing an action. I'm writing things down. I'm, I'm going, okay, what's going to come to me? What's going to come to me? You know, it, it takes time. I don't believe when people say you're a master, I believe you're, we're all practicers. Even the masters are practicers because Absolutely. I'm sure that always learning. You, my dad who died at 91 said, uh, and my grandma said this too, it's like, I stopped learning when I'm six feet under the ground. It just stops. Uh, and in the philosophy of, of Ajinoi, in this communication system, uh, it's the timer, the sand timer, and it's the now and the future and the time going and how you can do the conscious and subconscious and how you can fulcrum, how you can balance. You know, whatever you do in your life, the audience has heard this for a long time now, but it, it's, it, it's just the idea of understanding the moon doesn't get jealous of the sun. It just occurs. And, and, and we have things that, you know, say, so, well, we're having bad weather. The weather doesn't last forever. It stops and it becomes sunny. And then the cold. And then the cold turns into heat. We're the only planet. I always get this backwards. Galaxy or I think it's galaxy. You know, we're just around our area. We're the only planet that has four seasons. Either you're too close to the sun or you're too far away from the sun. There's that 23 declination, that angle in the center of the earth that constantly moves it slowly and slowly. That changes our seasons. The wobble. <laughs> the wobble. Exactly. The wobble. Yep. <laughs> but instead of the wobble, listen at, looking at that, we look into the wobble in our minds. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, all the things I mean, I went through a divorce. And that doesn't mean I loved, didn't love my wife. I, didn't, I had kids with her and blah, blah, blah. And the whole story is not important. But that wasn't the right person to be. I had to go through those experiences to get to the person that I'm with now. But that was the only way to get there. I mean, there's a huge statistic out there, and I'm not big into statistics, but it says that there's more successful second marriages and people blossoming at 50, 60, 70, 80 years old than there ever has been because we're living so long. So I want quality of life. I don't want quantity. If God took me today, and it did, it did. I'm not scared of death. I just believe it's a frequency change. 
because you see those people when you wake up from your dream because that's how you connect with the universal mind spirits and angels <laughs> you know you're sitting there you're just like boom boom you see those images and you see those dreams and you wake up like they're communicating to you and those little chills that you feel on your arm in the middle of the night when i can't if i can't sleep and i noise is getting bad just because does ray and i have this great philosophy doesn't mean we get don't get stupid in our heads but we have a process and procedure to go through does it work every time no we have to adjust it we have to we have to but it's so interesting because a lot of the things I've done as of late, in the middle of the day or in the morning, I'll lay down on my, on my yoga mat and I have a huge Ajinoy world and imagination. That's one thing I, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about imagination. We were shut off in our imagination when we were young because we had to learn. I understand that. But imagination is the one, it's the preview of coming attractions, as Einstein said. You need to be, that's imagination is connecting to the universal mind of God. It's Absolutely. the you have to do that but people don't want to do that so i lay down in my ajinoy world i have two minds i have a conscious mind and, and, a, trend, uh, and, and a subconscious it's informational transformational i have two separate in this thing i bridge the two i have a whole thing that i fulcrum over i have the alternating current i have the amplitude modulation going to frequency modulation going to zero modulation. i got this whole process i'm laying down within five minutes i'm i'm not sleeping sleeping but i'm out and then suddenly it's 15, 20 minutes later. Now, I didn't do it just before a meeting or something. I'm like, I just get this feeling. I'm like, I got to lay down. And it's silence. I don't usually don't have any music. I turn the lights down and I just close my eyes. And sometimes it takes me like that. Sometimes it takes me, I go in and out. You know how you go in and out of those modes and suddenly like, hey, your mind goes, you shouldn't be thinking that. You should be thinking this. I'm like, oh, shut up. So you, you, you it's, it's a quiet whiz. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? You, you can't get rid of it. You mentioned that earlier. You cannot stop this. You can't stop it. I call the informational mind. You call it, you know, the, the um, you, I don't remember the word you use. Narrator. The, the narrator. narrator. It's the same thing. You can't yep. shut it off. You're not supposed to because that's how you tie your shoes. That's how you shave. That's how you go to the bathroom. You yeah, need you don't want to these. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't be able to do anything. But yeah, yeah. bridging those two, uh, for me at least, the two minds together, bridging those things together, like you said that you were talking to the, the, the teacher, it's like, slow down, relax. It'll all come to you. And it, it, it's, I always refer to life as the glass ceiling that keeps breaking all the time, keeps breaking all the time. And you, I, for, at some point in the past several years since I've been on my own now at a corporate world, I thought it's got to be like this, because that's the way I was trained. So I was trained in the corporate world. You got a problem? I go up to Ray and say, Ray, this guy's not doing something. How's your family? It's great. Could you take care of it? You leave the room, it's taking care of you. Fire them or you hire them or you tell them to get their job done. When you're on your own and you're doing things in the world, you have to be patient. You have to be understanding. I'm not saying everybody jumps out. Everybody, you know, you had a plan. I had a plan. You don't remortgage your whole life to go do your plan. You have to have it. I did a lot of engineering work after I left my job. You have to do these things in a, not necessarily a logical manner, but let the spirit guide you. Trust, trust your instincts. Trust your gut. We're told not to, because then we go on what I call the idiot box, which is the internet. Most of it's garbage. And not raise website, go to the website, it's good stuff. So it, when you go there, it just, you look up justification. Oh, well, that must be true. So I'll be reasonable and I'm going to live in that, you know, you're saying the dog chasing the tail, keep going over and over and over and in over. Reference. In reference. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, go ahead. No, in, in, in reference, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but in reference to what other people have said, we, we live in reference. I, I, was, I wanted to say I jotted down a note when you were saying about your, your method of returning and finding this place and coming into inward and into the silence. And in, in Tai Chi, we call this return to the origin. Mm. 
So what you do is you kind of start from shaking their hands and shaking the body. Do a couple to shake off the emotions of the day. Like you know, we even say it in English. You know, something happened and you got all upset, and someone says, "Shake it off, man. Shake it off." We're literally having this, this practice called shaking down the tree, and the other one is, is uh, the, the the crazy horse shaking. <laughs> Those both practices are shaking the body to release and find that inner hormonal balance mm. to get back to the origin and not feeling anything. Because what happens is that what happens is that there's this constant conversation between the mind and and the whole uh, endocrine system, all all the glands. And when I have thoughts of worry, then the then my endocrine system begins to produce worry in my blood flow. And worry now feeds the brain and they say, well, yeah, now I have I definitely have worry. I know I can feel it. <laughs> yes, yes. And then what happens usually is these emotions spiral out. And this is a big thing that I find interesting that when I discovered, and I think not many people know, is like talking about what we eat and what we consume are cells that we live in, we live in this body of whatever, three billion, trillion cells. Our cells are sensing reality and are sending signals to us of what reality is and what we're thinking. And our cells eat food. So when I eat food, that doesn't go into my stomach. It, it's broken down to amino acids. It's broken down to vitamins. And it's sent via all the streamlines of blood flows to each cell so each cell can live. But each cell, in order to live, it creates a little mouth, what is called a receptor. And it begins to eat. So it says, I want to have a receptor for vitamin D. Please fill me up with my vitamin D. I have so many receptors just for that because that's the minimum I need. I have receptors for, for iron, for vitamin B, uh, for, for, for protein, et cetera, et cetera. And because I was feeling angry so many years in my teen, I was producing extra liver bile of anger. And I was mm-hmm. with anger. Mm-hmm. So 20 years later, the problem is resolved. They don't live in that anger anymore. The person is deceased or has gone. But still, my cells have been eating anger all those years. Yes. So what happens three days go by, and these cells start getting hungry. And if you've done fasting, as you probably know the scene, so you start getting hungry. And like, at some point, you break, and you open the refrigerator, and you have hugging does ice cream, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is that we all break down right. and have. Right. What happens is you break down and you say, well, now I'm going to get angry. That person didn't close the door in front of me correctly. They cut me off. Phil interrupted me in the middle of my, my, my immaculate <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and then you go off in this rage, which is self-induced. Yes. It's self-induced because you have conditioned yourself. You, or you were conditioned, or you have, at some point, you need to assume responsibility. Maybe it was someone else that conditioned me in this anger, because my father was an alcoholic, and he would come back and just uh, fiction, fiction. My father was an awesome, sober person. Right, right. Oh, yeah. But anyway, but we, we assume responsibility of whatever happened in their past. We're not victims of it anymore. And we say, okay, let me work with this. This is what I got. This is who Ray is at 40. He has cancer. He has done this. He has so much anger, so much fear, he has so much anxiety, all these things. And then you just start working with it. And if you don't work with it, that's why it never is ending, like you said, of course. Well, only when, and I don't even know when we're six feet under, we might have other processes and other learning to do in other realms, probably. Uh, but the thing is to understand like, that it's important. One thing we don't understand, we think it's 
we are the center of the world and we're looking at everything and we can judge from the facts that we have collected in our head. And that's the big mistake. The facts that we've collected in our head are speculation of a modern world and of collective consciousness impression that, and if we really look at it, where is the world going? It's not doing too well, I'll just say that. <laughs> and that's where collective consciousness and this modernization and all this that we're going through, this, this way of thinking is leading us to this ending of the planet. Let's call it out. I mean, there's the, the extinction of all these beautiful species, and we're, we're losing ground of, of trees, we, don't, we won't have oxygen, we're burning through it because of this collective consciousness of way of thinking. And the only way to solve a problem is to solve it in a different language than it was created. Bingo. And that's the language is the, of stopping thinking and beginning into feeling and dive in, return to the origin and understand that to really assume responsibility, the biggest gift that Francisco gave me was that, that he gave me the responsibility of healing myself. And, and I'll say one more thing, and, and, and as, a, as a last on my part, and I'm happy to talk more if you want. I don't want to go too much over your time. No, no, you're fine. Keep going, man. Oh, I can keep going for a <laughs> here, I am, here I am, uh, shortly after I worked for, uh, for a, a while with Francisco, still in my, my first visit to Peru. So it was probably two, three weeks later, I found my way down into the jungle, down a, a river that's called Madre de Dios, in the jungle of Peru, close to the borders of Bolivia, where the Shipibo tribe people live. The Shipibo are an ancient tribe, and, and, and many of the tribes there are those tribes that have only recently seen white people. Uh, and, and I'm working with this medicine man that I've gone to work. Someone told me, this is a great medicine man. You have to go and meet him. He can provide you with medicine out of the jungle, trees and barks and uh, flowers that he can, he can help you with cancer. So I'm there, and of course, understanding that when you live with that hanging over your head, I'm like, oh, I have 60 days to live or 40 days to live. You're, you're in this countdown, although right. now it's been a while after. I'm still not, I still haven't gotten my uh, clean, uh, what do you call it, bill of clean. Plug, clean uh, bill health. of clean health, yes. Thank you. Uh, I'm there in front of uh, this guy, Maestro Panduro, and I on my knees, I've gone through traveling with the airplane, traveling with a boat, walking through the jungle. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I'd rather be with my three-year-old boy back home in Greece. I will die here and no one will even freaking know. They'll just push me in a ditch and no one will even know. And no one really knew where I was traveling. People knew that. A couple of people knew I was in Peru. That, that was about it. And in all that, I'm breaking down one more time on my knees. I am crying and this guy, Master Panduro, overtired me. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, I'm going to stop you right there. And I'm like, he says, I don't care about my own emotions. What makes you think I'm going to care about your emotions? <laughs> that was it. I just fell back. I'm like, whoa, I stopped crying. I took deep inhales. I took breaths. I'm like, what the hell? I'm in the wrong place. This guy's not a healer. There's no compassion. I'm like, totally, I've screwed up. I got to get the hell out of here. I stand up. I stand up. I wipe my tears off. I'm taking deep inhalation. I don't even know what I'm going to tell him, but I'm going to tell him, like, you know, I'm getting the hell out of here or something. I'm like, I'm done here. Right. I take that deep inhale, and I'm standing up ready to say something to him. And he puts his hand on his shoulder. This is a very shamanic thing, his connection. He connects his electricity to me, and he says, okay, now you seem ready to start the work. 
let's do this, my brother. Two people, there's two shamans that I love dearly and hold dearly in my life. Uh, Maestro Panduro has passed. Little did I know that this, you know, immortal shaman that saved my life, I never expected that I would outlive him. He taught me so much. But what he taught me there and then, what they both called out, especially him calling out my emotions and how we buy into these emotions. All of our emotions in the Western world drive us to righteousness. I have righteous sadness. I have righteous anger. I have righteous confusion. All of our emotions somehow or another make us feel right. And many times gives us, we believe, give us the right to behave and say things that perhaps we don't have the right <laughs> to say. Yeah. Or basically we don't even need to. So what he called them that, and this is like, I think one of the biggest gifts in my life is like, wait a minute, I am feeling all these things. And be like, yeah, right, you were right, right? I mean, you were dying of cancer. You could have died in the jungle. No one would even find your bones. You would not, you were told that you're not going to see this boy grow up to be a young man, a man. So I had right emotions. Yes, but there was a reason, definitely. But as I was letting my emotions take over, I was creating an acidic environment in my body. Very simply, if I can ask you, I don't need to even ask a doctor, it's like, is this acidic environment of convulsions and fear and, and pain helping cancer? <laughs> no. fighting against cancer? Right. Yeah. No, it's feeding cancer. It's right. feeding cancer. It was what was there already. And all those emotions of anger, well, my ex-wife and all these people and those people that stole the money or this did this or that. All I was creating a havoc, an emotional, hormonal havoc in my body. That essentially where my cancer originally came from. Yeah. So my job was to and what happened at that moment, and then they're talking about what shamans do, he separated me from my emotions right there and then. And there's nothing more magical than that. Because I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to let my anger take over. But no, it's like, no. And, and it takes a while, like you said. It takes time. Because yeah. you need to wean yourself off that anger. You need to it's a wean drug. off. It's a drug. It's a drug that I am. It's not my like, oh, poor me. I always have to be angry because everyone doesn't treat me right. That's, right. A, that's a story and a big lie. Right. That's what you're telling yourself. We are addicted to these emotions. And the truth, when we wean ourselves off, we can find ourselves in, I've found myself in the last few years, and it's so quiet, it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. There'll be mornings and days that go by, a whole day go by, and it's like, I'm not thinking of anything. I'm not planning of anything. I'm not feeling anything. Right. That's right. It, it's a weird place to be. You got to get used to that. It's just weird. Well, when I, when I wrote the musical, I was in that plugged in. I wrote it in six months. It came out of me like it was just sitting there. I wake up in the middle of the night. I, I mean, I just, it was just going and I never looked back. And, I, and then I played it from the beginning to the end. I'm like, how did this happen? I, I'm not that smart. And I realized that we're just an empty tube. We're empty. Now we go by, like you said, the normal thing over and over again, I'm on automatic, automatic, automatic. But if you get just a little bit at a time, and change the way you look at things. Reframe your mind. Pray, meditate, do whatever Ray's talking about. Do what I'm talking. Do anything to just do it. We don't live that long on this planet, on this frequency. And 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 it's quality to me. Like I said earlier, if if, if God took me tomorrow, I'd go, I've got no complaints. And I'm not worried about it. I don't want to, I don't want no, I'm gone. It is what it is. I'm waiting to see because there's two things. Either we change to another frequency, as I call it, 
or we're worm meat. Well, if we're worm meat and we go to sleep, I'm a little tired. I'm sick and tired of setting the alarm anyway. I'm done. But if I'm going to another frequency, there's more to learn. There's more to do. I believe you turn into maybe a spirit guide, maybe an angel, and you help people around. And then the universal mind tells you, go there, go there, go here, go there. I don't know, but it could be because I feel these things all the time. Now, somebody said, well, how can you feel it? Because you can't see it. I said, well, I worked in an x-ray tube. Can you see an x-ray? No. Can it cure people? Yes. End of story. I can't see it. Just because you can't see it, does. can you really see electricity? I can't see electricity. I mean, you know, Marconi and all these people, you know, you could see maybe an arc that goes across and stuff. You could see the little blue light. But do I, can I go down here and really see the current coming out of my wall socket? No, we could put an oscilloscope, which is a fancy electronic instrument, and it gives like a sine wave. But can we really see it? No. You know, when you're, when you're in your mother's womb, and I don't remember anymore, but you know, your eyebrows come first, your eyes, you're not sitting there in your mother's womb, oh crap, I don't have a nose. I mean, r- really, I got a, a big nose. So I, I, I knew when I had it. But if your nose didn't go, no, it, it just, it happens all perfectly. It knows, like I said, the, the sun doesn't get jealous of the moon and the moon doesn't get jealous. They just exist. And if you just learn to exist, yes. turn off the noise. I have eliminated all the noise. Fill in the blank, whatever that is. No, for everybody's different. If you have a family member, limit the time. If it's somebody bringing you down, get rid of them. And it's not that they're bad. It doesn't mean they're bad. Then everybody's yeah. going to come with you. But I'd rather have one person in my life that's a supportive person than five people that are like have a noose around my neck, hold me down. You can't do that, Phil. Um, yeah. You can't write that. And, but it takes a lot because you can do it in a way of respect. When he wiped out that thing and just said to you, Ray, I don't really give a damn about your story. I'm only thinking about mine. It, it, that's basically what he said. Because like I said earlier, somebody comes over, ram, 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 and you're like, oh my God, when yeah. is dinner? Because it's not solving an issue. You're not resolving an issue. You're, the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more you feel, the more it becomes real. And you're right. We're totally right. We have an electrical field. We're like little batteries. And we, don't, we can't see the energy field around us. But think of all that. You can't see the colored spectrum of light coming from the sun. Can you see the colored spectrum of light coming from the moon? Can you see the colored spectrum of light coming from a cell signal? No, you can't see any of it. But all these miracles happen, and they're all around you. So focus on the miracles. Focus on the stuff that you have. I always say that if somebody won a lottery of a million dollars, say, hey, Ray, you won a million dollars. And you come back and go, well, I only got 800000 They two, two, took 200000 out of it. No, 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 no. you got to look at what you do have, not what you don't have. Stop looking at what you don't have. What you do have is opportunity to create relationships. We all need people. It's what the old song, people, people loving people. We need each other. And we work better holding hands than fighting. We're always fighting. We've been fighting for centuries. Will it ever go away? The only way it's going to go away is if the earth and, and the earth and people have cancer. At the same time, whatever that cancer is, yeah. and we go, we need to cure it or we're done. And that's unfortunate, but that's the way the human race has worked for thousands of years. It's got to come to this point, and then we're gone. I mean, it's just so, Ray, I, I've got I've to end the show because we'll, we'll be talking for two hours and we'll lose all our listeners. I'm going to have to have you back on the show again. I got to have you I back. Will we- be, I will be happy to. It's been a pleasure. Philip, thank you so much. I, I love talking about this. and. Be happy to return. I just got to show you because I have all these questions I never got to. So um, everybody, go to his website, the Jag, the Jag Jaguar Path, correct? Jaguar go Path. To, yep. 
jaguarpath.com and go check it out. It's got some really good information. I know he, when I was communicating him, I think earlier in the year, he was got some kind of cruises and different things that he does and uh, correct, you do different exercise and stuff, right? Absolutely. We do, we do retreats now, a lot of retreats in Greece, in the ancient sites of Greece and sailing in the Greek islands. And we're also bringing the elder Don Sebastian here in the springtime Beautiful. to walk in the temple of Hippocrates. So we're doing this, this cultural crossroads, bringing the shamans of Peru to meet the shamans, the ancient shamans of Greece. I, uh, I, I love it. A lot of things are happening this year. Yeah, go, go check it out because, like I say, you know, people that come on this show are consciously communicating something positive. We're not talking negative. I have no interest in negative. It's out of my life. You want to talk negative? There's enough places to go. And I only have positivity. I only have meditation and prayers. I, it's all I do. I choose, as you said, you choose to where you live and where you move. And again, I want to thank you. I'm going to let uh, one more thing before I sign off. I know you've done a lot of gems uh, with sayings. Well, what's, I love to hear a positive aphorism, something that's quick, something that people can latch on to just before we leave and I say goodbye. Is your thought coming from the reference or is it coming from reverence? Always ask yourself that. Your thought, is it from reference to the outside world or is it from reverence? Okay. You, perfect. See, I knew he'd come up with something. Thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Philip, thank you so much for having me. And, I, and I, will, I will say, as I always do at the end of all my shows, remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts. This is what we've been talking about. And not the thoughts, jabber, 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 you are thinking. That is what is called conscious communication. That's what we've been talking about today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Conscious Communication. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at ConsciousCommunicationPodcast.com.